Our next speaker is Joan Warner. She's the CEO of Commercial Radio Australia. Okay. Okay. All right. I know that lunch is next. I've got a lot to get through, so I'll go quite quickly. Uh, I'm very pleased to be here today to share with you a little bit about the commercial radio industry in Australia. Now, Australian radio is very successful. Commercial radio in particular, we have 80% of the listeners listen to commercial, 20% listen to the public radio broadcasters. Um, we're alive and well in terms of talent, development, creativity, research and advertising opportunities. I'd like to tell you how we're managing changes in the very, very competitive media landscape where we're being assaulted from all sides by new platforms, new players, people telling advertisers they can get to more people, they can do a better job, they, their call to action is more immediate than radios. Um, so we've got to do a whole lot of things. There's a whole lot of balls are being juggled in the air, which I'll tell you about, while we continue to make sure that radio does what it does best, which is live, local, topical content that people want to engage with and want to hear. Well, it's an exciting... That being said, that sounded like a negative thing, didn't it? It actually is exciting to be in radio. Audio is undergoing a global renaissance with the advent of Google Home, Amazon Echo, Apple HomePod and a myriad of music streaming services which of course were all going to spell the end of radio, weren't they, when they came out? Well, they haven't and I'll show you some stats to, uh, to underpin that, at least in Australia. But, you know, what we can't forget is that radio is the original audio activation. We're the experts in audio. We've used the voice to activate listeners, communicate the latest news, entertainment, music, and importantly in many countries, but especially in Australia, emergency warnings for floods, fires, uh, cyclones. We're even seeing the tech giants moving into the audio space because of the ongoing resilience, impact, and success of radio. Radio does continue to be the most accessible and widely consumed medium, continuing to grow and influence and impact billions of people around the world. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said recently in the lead up to the World Radio Day, in an era of dramatic advances in communications, radio retains its power to entertain, educate, inform and inspire. It can unite and empower communities and give a voice to the marginalised. Now, this influence and reach of radio, local radio and national radio, is often forgotten. And sometimes we feel like people have forgotten about us, but our listeners haven't. And that's what we have to hold on to. Listeners love radio. Radio broadcasters must remember our unique influence and power. And, of course, with power comes responsibility. The live and local nature of radio also enables it to become a real part of the local community, whether it's a city community, a big city, or whether it's a small town, or whether it's a much smaller population centre. In Australia, we have very remote communities where radio is one of their main entertainment mediums. At a time when broadcast radio is in competition for share of ear, now that we've got so many new audio competitors, with all entertainment media platforms, we've created opportunities for our members, CRA members, to keep radio at the front of the pack. But first of all, very quickly tell you who we are. Commercial Radio Australia, or CRA, is the national industry body representing all commercial radio stations across Australia regional, remote, metro, AM, FM, DAB+. 
We were established many years ago, I wasn't around then, um, but we see ourselves as the voice for commercial radio, as opposed to public broadcasters, but often we work very closely with the public sector in promoting radio and promoting new technology. But we represent our members on all sorts of things, digital radio, survey ratings, legislative issues, copyright legislation and agreements, which are an absolute nightmare, as those of you in radio would know. Uh, trends and changes in programming, listening habits, standards and consumer research. We also provide education and training, we run awards. Um, essentially the role of CRA is to help our members tackle major challenges from a strategic industry-wide position, not just from a network position. So let me give you an update on who's listening to radio in Australia. We enjoyed a strong year in calendar year 2017. 81% of all radio listening is to commercial radio. Nearly 10.5 million Australians tuned in each week to commercial radio in the metro capital cities. That was up 200,000 people. So our audience numbers are growing as well. Throughout 2017, 7.5 million people listened to commercial radio during breakfast each week, Monday to Friday. And more importantly, a very important day part now is drive. I'm sure you're finding that as well here. And we had 6.8 million people tuned into commercial radio drive programs each week. So a lot of energy is now going into promotion and content for drive as well as breakfast. It used to be breakfast was the masthead of the radio station. You got your listener and you kept them all day. That doesn't happen so much anymore. So we've got to work out other ways to encourage people to come back. People are listening to radio via multiple platforms, but in Australia, traditional broadcast radio is still the preeminent means of consuming radio, and it's very deeply embedded in people's lives. Radio is strong in the car and still is the most popular place to listen is at home. Now, revenue, how are we going revenue-wise? For commercial radio, revenue growth is paramount. And in addition to audience growth, we've also recorded revenue growth. That's great. Ad revenue for metro markets was up 0.36% in calendar year 2017. And total revenue for both metro and regional was $1.1 billion. So as a share of the ad dollar, we're sitting at about 8%, where we see other traditional forms of media dropping. We are actually... Uh, we are actually holding our own. Now, what we want to do, one of our stated aims at our conference last year was to grow our share of the, radio, of the ad dollar from eight cents in the dollar, where it's been sitting quite steadily for the past 10 years. Now, some people would go, oh, that's terrible. You know, why aren't you growing? Well, look at all the new competitors, but they're not taking away our revenue. Why? Because we're focusing on content, we're focusing on being accessible, and we get out there and we sell radio quite aggressively to clients. Um, but we're very happy our revenue has remained the same, or has remained the same percentage of the ad dollar, but what we want to do is grow that up to 10 cents in the dollar. So maybe if I come back in a couple of years, I'll be able to say, hooray for us, we've done it. Um, now, artificial intelligence is here. It's a bit of a focus of ours at the moment, and we need to be part of it. We are the expert at audio. Google isn't. Amazon isn't. And our core business is creating audio content and distributing and repurposing it across multiple platforms. The new audio players in the market are not necessarily content creators or not audio content creators. And they are seeking out relationships in the audio content creation area, which is where we have a position of strength. 
At the moment, we're spearheading an industry-wide approach to connecting our members to smart speakers. And we have some exciting announcements we think we'll be making in the next month or so about uh, partnerships with Google, Amazon, and even Apple, which is a very difficult uh, partner to have in some cases. Now, individual broadcasters in Australia, aside from this industry activity through what we call Radio App, which I'll tell you about a bit later, individual broadcasters have already waded into the artificial intelligence or the home device area. SCA continues to integrate news, sport and entertainment content onto connected devices. Hit Network and Triple M, which are part of Southern Cross Stereo, flash briefings are now available for Amazon Alexa. Listeners can add Triple M news and sports updates, as well as news, entertainment and celebrity news. So there's lots of ways of engaging with these home pods, uh, home devices, but we want to have an all-of-industry approach. But any partnership with any of these new players are utilising radio's audio expertise. And in fact, when we listened across all the devices, we listened to Amazon Alexa, we listened to Apple HomePod, we listened to Google Home, and the radio experience was appalling. Some of it was coming through TuneIn, absolutely appalling. You would ask for the hit, uh, hit network in Sydney and you get something in the US. You'd ask for Nova and you get something in Europe. That's the name of one of our big FM music stations. So when we approached the Australian arms of these devices, they said, well, we know the radio experience is dreadful on these AI devices. Some stations are okay, but not reliable and not always on. And often you don't get the station you want anyway. Um, so they're very happy to work with us as an industry with one app and one source of all the streams for every radio station in the country. So there's no doubt that traditional media has to find new ways to connect with the audience. Consumers have never had it so good, as we know, with more choice of what to watch, read or listen to. Radio has largely continued to invest in hiring, what we've always done, the best talent, producing great content and investing in platforms such as DAB Plus Broadcast, creating social media presence and dabbling our toes into podcasts. And we can talk about podcasts and how important it may or may not be. Uh, I think time will tell about that. But I think one, the, the good thing about radio is we don't look at everything that comes along, podcast or music streaming services or social media or even websites way back when, and say, oh my, this is the end of radio. What radio people tend to do is say, oh my, isn't this great, can we use that? How do we use that to deepen our engagement with our listeners? How do we use this as a conduit to keep our listeners engaged with us or our stars or a program for longer than the nine to, uh, sorry, the 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. breakfast period? In the old days, they'd listen to the breakfast and that'd be it. There'd be no more from that, that star or their favourite personality or that program until the next morning. Now there's ongoing interaction, there's ongoing using social media and using their own websites. As I said, one of the key areas we're involved in as well is DAB+, I've been talking about that in the other area. Um, radio like TV should be in the digital broadcast space. Why should radio sit back in the broadcast sense in an AM, FM backwater? Why should radio only have one frequency or two frequencies and be able to do one sort of programming? when TV's been allowed to go forward with digital broadcasts and have multi-stations. Yes, there are problems with multi-stations. <gasps> Will it eat into our audience? You know what, in Australia it hasn't. 
It's increased our audience because what we're targeting are niche formats that our audiences aren't getting anywhere else, but we're also saying to our audiences through brand extensions, hey, you can listen to Triple M in the morning, you love that breakfast show, but if you like classic rock or country rock, we've now got another broadcast station that you can now switch to. So we're finding people are listening a little bit longer now to radio because they've got another choice in the broadcast space. It's hard work, but you've got to do your homework and do it. So we're working with ACMA now to roll out beyond our five capital cities, which is where we are with digital radio. And by, what's this, 20, where are we now, 2017 or 2018? By about 2023, we figure we'll have over 80% of the Australian population covered by DAB+. So you can see the figures from the cities. 30% of listeners use a DAB Plus radio device either in their car or at home to listen to radio. Now, some of that's to the traditional stations who are simulcasting. Why simulcast? If you don't simulcast, you're not moving your audience across. If you say, oh, I'm only doing new stations, well, people do have favourite personalities and they do have favourite shows. And while they might taste test some new services, if they're very loyal, and we have very loyal radio audiences, they still want to hear their favourite shows. So we simulcast our main channels as well as brand new um, stations like a children's station, which we've never had in Australia before. We also do ads for digital radio. The whole industry plays them, except for the ABC, which can't take advertising. It's a government-funded broadcaster. Um, so I'll just play you one of those ads. Here's how to get a brand new digital radio for Mother's oh. Day. Simply take your old kitchen radio and drop a subtle hint. Did you see that? Yep. They'll have no choice but to replace it with a new digital radio with more than 20 extra stations playing all the music we love. And selected Sony models come with a bonus pair of Bluetooth noise-cancelling headphones worth around $200 free. A smashing offer. Available at selected retailers. Conditions apply. So that's... We do... Um, the whole industry does advertising campaigns for DAB Plus around the gift-giving periods. And that's when you see a spike in the number of receivers. As you can see, there are 4 million now DAB listeners in the five metropolitan. So we're at 30% of all people are now listening using a DAB Plus device. Every time we run an ad campaign, power of radio, the sales go up. So we partner with retail outlets and we partner with manufacturers. Another way, though, uh, that we work together as an industry and we believe that radio has to be remain ubiquitous and remain accessible wherever you go. So what we decide, we all have radio apps. Everyone has an app for their station. There are so many apps out there, it's almost mind-boggling. But what we decided to do as an industry was consolidate all our streams. They've still got their station apps. Consolidate all of our streams into one radio app to again make radio, and, and the public service broadcasters are on that app with us. So it's an easy to use Australian app that enables people to listen live to any Australian radio station from anywhere around the country. ABC and SBS radio stations are on there, and of course the new DAB Plus only stations. Now, let's be clear, in Australia the majority of listening is still via broadcast and will be for some time to come. Now, in 4G, 5G, we don't even know where 5G is going to work in the future. Any reports you read on it, it's, oh yeah, you know, it'll work in metro areas, maybe. Um, so that, the jury's still out on that. We've got 4G in Australia. It's not a reliable way to um, keep an audience of 300,000 listening to your program if the mobile network drops out. 
So, the majority of listening is still via broadcast, and we believe that uh, it will be for the foreseeable future. But we also have to make sure that we're on every platform that we can be on, that we're everywhere, that people can't escape radio. So, what we did is we got together and we put all our streams together and called it Radio App, and again, we promoted it on our radio stations and talked about Radio We're just about to do another one because Radio App will be our vehicle into Amazon Alexa and, and, and to a good listening experience, Amazon Alexa and Google Home. <coughs> and when those deals are done and they're nearly done, we will be making an announcement on that and advertising that. Radio App, you can now uh, get Radio App on Google Home and Amazon Alexa and you'll have a really good radio listening experience. Um, so, I might just play you a little video, that might be the easiest way. So feel free to download Radio App if you like from the App Store, um, but it's only all Australian radio. Very good experience, very good user experience. Uh, the other thing that we worked on as an industry, but we did this globally, was investing in partnering with LG internationally to launch the world's first smartphone with a built-in DAB Plus chip. Because now, if you want to listen to radio on your mobile phone, it's via streaming. That's great. Um, but we would also like to have broadcast in mobile phones, and to do that, we'd like to get a DAB Plus chip in there so that they can get broadcast radio without any download costs or interruptions or impact on their data plan. We frequently face the assumption that streaming will eventually replace free-to-air broadcast radio as the default or major method of listening, but we know it can't. Using streaming to reach a mass audience of hundreds of thousands all listening to the same live program at the same time, in good quality, there's a lot of factors there, is not currently practical or technically possible. And in fact, I think some research study that was done last year said that if all UK radio listening, live listening, transferred to the mobile phone network, it would break the mobile phone network. Because people are doing other things on the mobile phone network as well. It's not there just for radio broadcasting. For starters, using stream, uh, for starters, it would require far too much bandwidth. DAB Plus is broadcast one to many. It's more efficient than one to one streaming. DAB Plus and broadcast does not buffer or cause network congestion when large numbers of listeners tune in, which makes it reliable. And that's especially important, as I've said earlier, for emergency broadcasts in times of fire, flood, cyclone, storm. Listen. You hear that? Feel the beat now. It's the music you love. It's the knowledge you need. And now you can get it right where you want it most. With the digital radio feature on the new LG Stylus DAB+. The first ever smartphone with a built-in digital radio, giving you all your favorite stations with less battery drain, no streaming cost, and no data cost. Just your kind of music and your kind of people on your kind of station. The LG Stylus DAB Plus smartphone with digital radio. Free your music. 
So that's the ad that we ran on all commercial radio stations and one of the uh, public service broadcasters who can take advertising to promote in Australia when the phone was released. And that version of the LG phone outsold their top-selling straight non-DAB plus in Australia because of the radio advertising. Again, that's another case study. Um, radio, though, has to be more than music. And we've just had a very big copyright case in Australia where we end up paying more to the music companies, even though we kept saying to them, music, radio is not only about music anymore. Radio is about personalities. Radio is about being part of the community. Radio is about uh, talking to your listeners. And most of our breakfast shows, even on the big music networks, have very little music played in them. They're mostly talking it's, on the FMers, it's celebrity gossip, all that sort of stuff. On the AMers, it's sport and talk and you know politics and all that sort of jazz. But we do believe our future is multi-platform in cars, online, in phones, in smart speakers, and on any other new device that comes to market. Now, as I said, while music is important, talk stations are some of the highest rating stations in Australia. In each of the metro markets, the highest rating station is an AM talk station, if you can believe that. And it's all down to the personalities on those stations. They're, they're, I guess some people call them shock jocks in an AM way because they're very, some of them are far right, some of them are quite left. So, you know, if you like politics, if you like current events, you tune into these guys to get one side or the other of it. So radio personalities attract fans both on and off air, and their social media presence is a critical part these days in Australia of a station's brand. Where once all of the, those fans would be listeners, it's now possible for a radio personality to have a fan that is not a listener but will still engage via the radio station's assets, either social media or a website. One of the keys to staying competitive has been significant investment by individual broadcasters in evolving radio stations into broader entertainment brands. This involves offering audiences on-air, social, digital content and customised experiences. The strong connection with audiences enables radio to provide a multi-platform offering for advertisers, which commercial radio, we're not ashamed to say, we need advertising, with deep integration across talent, content and brand. Radio presenters in Australia are big stars and their networks promote, promote, promote. They cross-promote them onto television, not so much into magazines, but you, know, you have the odd magazine cover for you know, a middle-aged radio personality. But our radio stations are very good at promoting their talent, something you don't see much of in the US anymore. Back in the old days, so I'm told, they would promote um, their talent very aggressively. Very rarely now do you see a lot of promotion, especially in the big cities, of individual uh, personalities over the actual, you know, the LAFM. So we promote them on TV. We'll take out ads on TV to promote a radio station online and in outdoor. The appeal can be leveraged successfully in innovative ways. One of our major networks, Australian Radio Network, innovates, uh, not innovates, but leverages the popularity of their breakfast team. Well, leveraging, it's really buying listeners, isn't it? Giving away a car, holiday or diamonds to every listener that calls on a specific day. Or networks create events such as Nova Red Room, SCA rooftop concerts and ARN's iHeart radio live events. Now, they're all good examples of the importance of program and content directors constantly looking for new audiences and partnerships. Someone asked me in the other room, um, so do you have different teams in Australia in networks? 
No, we used to. We'd have a digital team. We'd have a digital content director. We'd have a DAB Plus content director. We just had the regular old content director. We'd have a music director. We'd have sales teams for the AM or the FM station, sales team for digital assets. Now those teams are all being collapsed into multidisciplinary teams. There's no excuse for a salesperson not being able to sell across all your assets and not understanding your digital, your DAB and your broadcast. There's no excuse for a content director saying, oh, no, I'm only programming for broadcast. No, you've got to program for a lot more from that. You've got to program for your social presence. You've got to program for your website. You've got to program for any other way that you can engage with listeners. So we've used our strengths as an industry to run an industry brand campaign for many years. So that means in Australia, everyone's jumped on the bandwagon now, but we, since 2003, have been running a series of ads across all our networks talking about the radio industry, talking about radio. Now, they're meant to be um, amusing for the listeners, but they're meant to also talk to the direct advertisers and talk to the people from agencies that are listening to radio. Because at the start, we said, OK, we need to you know, promote radio as a brand, radio as a, as a live and dynamic. How do we do that? Let's take out a TV ad. And somebody said, well, that doesn't show much faith in our own medium, does it? Do we believe radio sells? Do we believe radio changes minds and influences people? Yes, we do. Then let's use radio to promote ourselves. Novel idea, isn't it? Using your own medium to say, choose us to sell something. Why would we take out a TV ad? Oh, well, we can't promote ourselves. We have to promote ourselves on TV. We've never used TV to promote radio. So one of our key committees is made up of all the head of marketing people across the network, including regionals, and we have a lot of regional stations. Um, and we've done it pretty well, we think. Uh, from the first brand came campaigns that were launched over a decade ago, we've had to change them as well. You know, you can't keep the same tone, you can't keep the same voice. Uh, our latest campaign, Radio Alive, we call it Radio Alive because we're sick of people saying radio's dead, highlights the power of radio on-air people and its growing reach across digital, mobile and social media. So the campaign includes a brand identity, radio advertising, again, that airs across all our stations. Uh, we do do print ads and online banners in the trade mags. Now in Australia, there's very few print, um, very few print magazines that go out to agencies anymore. They're all online, and there's two or three quite very influential ones, so we use those as well. So let me just play you two of our latest. I'm watching my time, so... There's Kyle. M, Jonesy, Smallsy, the other Jonesy, Jackie O, Whipper, MG. You know, radio has more one-woman and one-man brands than almost any other media. Imagine what it could do for your brand. Yeah, radio. Alive with personalities, alive with possibilities. Visit radioalive.com.au. This one won't work. Oh, well, you've heard one. I'm sure that's thrilling enough. Um, as an industry, we're investigated in four key pillars to further strengthen radio's offering. So every year we have a strategy session where we look at the, uh, what's happening around us, what's happening in the world. And our four key pillars for this next two years are engagement, insights, measurement and innovation. Now, one of the most important things radio broadcasters can do and must do 
and programmers must do is understand your audience. What are their sentiments? What are their behaviours? Because they change. They don't just remain the same. And also your audience might change as people get older and move on to a different format or a different genre. Um, we've got the benefit, I think, as an industry, certainly in Australia, of being incredibly data rich. But we may not have mined that data as much as we should have and shouted to the world about how much we've got. We're moving forward and we undertake two key pillars of research every year, but we also survey our audiences eight times a year in the metro capitals. We've also just started new surveys in areas that have never been surveyed before, so out in regional areas. So now we have advertisers saying, oh great, now I can buy all of Australia because you now have audience figures. So I can't um, ever emphasise enough the importance of actually having audience figures to share with the advertisers. So some of the re la latest research, which you may or may not have heard about, which will dominate, will illustrate radio's ongoing dominance of the audio landscape. To understand the new, you know, because we keep being told, oh, everyone's listening to music streaming services. And in fact, Spotify goes out into agencies in Australia and says, young people don't listen to radio anymore, they're all listening to us. You don't need to buy us. Now, luckily, we have lots of facts and figures, and our guys go out and go, well, that's... And the, you know, agencies aren't, aren't silly, uh, but you know, Spotify presents their own research, which is, which is only about Spotify listeners, by the way. Um, they don't do the broader research that radio does. So we started to do what was called the share of audio, which is the first major comprehensive study of Australians' audio consumption. So it's been conducted for two years running. We're in field now for the third year. And the findings show that despite the entry of global players, such as Spotify and Apple Music, Pandora was in Australia for a very short time and then had to close their doors and leave. Um, they have actually failed to dent Australian radio's dominance of the audio landscape. The report follows in the footsteps of a well-regarded similar report in the USA. So we've also got international data that we can uh, compare it with. The second Australian share of audio study, which measures listening to all forms of audio, including radio, owned music collections, streaming services, podcasts and online music videos, found Australians spend 65.3% of audio time or the time they spend with audio every day. 63.5% of that is spent with Australian live and local radio, or that's two hours and 10 minutes a day. Our other major research project, the Edison Infinite Dial Study, reveals the digital audio, social media, mobile, and podcast habits of Australians. So the Infinite Dial is sort of awareness and penetration, and the share of audio is actual usage. So the Infinite, uh, the latest research released recently, a couple of months ago, includes for the first time the newcomers to the sector of smart speakers, which of course we're all aware. Key findings from Infinite Dial show a rise in radio consumption, but across multiple platforms in the marketplace, with 88% of people having listened to an AM, FM, DAB plus station, either free to air broadcast or online in the last week, three times as many as listened to the second highest audio platform. Key findings in both these studies, which look not just at the radio industry, and that's important as an industry, don't just look at yourselves. We've got to look beyond and acknowledge everybody else. And that's the way we can actually put our stake in the ground and show where we stand in comparison. So the two key pieces of research prove that radio is still, dom still dominant in the audio landscape. Um, and you can look at, if you want to look at those studies, they're on our Radio Alive website, which is simply radioalive.com.au. 
The next pillar in our research is our audience measurement. That is a massive undertaking. It costs us millions of dollars a year, but by having figures, we generate a billion dollars in revenue every year. It is so important to measure your audience, but do it reliably. One of the things uh, that we're having a look at is how we integrate other data sets into our diary data, which, as I say, we do eight times a year. We survey 60,000 people a year. That's a lot of people, different people. We don't go back to the same people more than once in five years. So unlike a TV panel where they have an electronic box, you can, be, you can have 800 people, the same 800 people in a panel for three years. Or you might have the same 700 of those 800 people. So we say ours is a very wide, it's one of the highest, uh, highest ranked probability studies, uh, aside from the census in Australia. So as I say, since the beginning of 2014, when we extended their contract, they've been working on what we call the Measurement Innovation Program. And what we're asking them to do with that is to have a look at how we integrate streaming data so we can maybe give more granular data. They're doing a super pilot in the next couple of months using an app in a phone to track listening, using one of those watches, which I don't know if you've seen, uh, electronic measurement uh, metering devices. Now, the problem is we have done pilots of these before, and while they mirror the mapping of radio listening, they don't capture all the listening. So no uh, electronic meter or app in a phone captures headphone listening, for example. And that's, that's a big portion, perhaps, of our listening. So we don't want to leave anything out. What we're hoping to do before the end of the year, probably at our October con uh, conference, is to make some announcement about what our roadmap is going to be from 2019 onwards with a hybrid measurement approach. Now, diaries, make no mistake, diaries are the most valid and reliable way to do radio research, radio, if you're doing large scale. But we want to integrate lots of different uh, information and data that we have that we're not currently releasing, for example, streaming data, into our results that we put out into the marketplace. So we're hoping to announce a roadmap to a hybrid measurement future uh, at our conference in October in uh, Melbourne. GFK also does radio insights for us. We have a standing panel of 5,000. We ask some different things, awareness of radio, awareness of advertising. Uh, automated Holdings is a big project the industry is doing. Uh, it is a software project which is automating the trading of radio ads. Now, it's not programmatic yet. And, and, and I wonder if we'll ever have full programmatic for all radio inventory, because we may choose not to put it in there. We're at the automated holdings. We've just finished phase one. In the next 12 months, we're moving on to a electronic bookings module for uh, agencies, a hot mini holdings module for where stations sell for each other, and a direct client electronic module. At the end of July 2019, we believe we'll be ready to start proper programmatic trials to see how we would actually trade radio. And we're the only industry in Australia that's doing this as one industry using one platform. Uh, we use a lot of events and PR to drive growth and awareness. We have a big uh, radio awards, commercial radio only, every year. We have a big conference, which is in October every year. We also run advertising awards for agencies to bring uh, more to the front of mind writing specifically for radio and not just using a TV soundtrack. And that's proven to be very successful. Um, I won't show you that video. I'll just say uh, thank you for listening 
and more information, you can go to any of those websites. Commercial Radio's got information on all our codes. Digital Radio Plus is all about digital radio, and Radio Live's got all our marketing stuff, all our research, anything that I've talked about, information on our automated holdings. So feel free to, um, to go and have a look if you want to, and download Radio App as well if you'd like to. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. Any questions uh, for Joan? Maybe you can take three quick questions. Cool. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, outside the research that you do at commercial radio, do you have um, kind of like an independent um, um, company or establishment that does research for the broadcast industry in, in um, Australia? No, we coordinate it all. We have what we call um, a joint industry committee, a research committee, which sits under commercial radio. All our research is done by independent uh, research providers, but we don't... I don't know why, but our industry doesn't need to have a RAGER or a, um, I don't know who else, uh, an AUSTAM for TV in Australia. Uh, we do it under the banner of Commercial Radio Australia, but the public service broadcasters are full members of our research committee. So any decisions that are made are made by us jointly. Hello. Hi. Two quick questions. Uh, children's Radio, just a quick question about advertising to children. We've actually tried, I, with a bunch of compatriots, try to get it together and basically because of the advertising to children thing, the revenue is an issue. And the second question is branded content. How do you deal with that in terms of the whole radio landscape, in terms of either programming or allowing it onto commercial radio? Um, I, I work in vernacular radio in South Africa, so the African language stations on the SABC allow content, whereas the commercial stations are far more um, controlling, if you like, of the content. So. Could you speak well, to that? Thank you. I think commercial, certainly in Australia, we're um, very controlling of our content because we are also governed by fairly strict codes. So if anything goes wrong with any of the content, it's not the provider of the content that gets hit by the regulator, it is the radio licensee. So we're quite controlling of that as well. But that being said, we do let people provide, like the DAB plus extra stations, the kids' radio station is provided by a third party, but they're made aware of the codes. So um, we don't have any problem with children's advertising on radio. We've never had a children's radio station, maybe that's why. But the people that are running Kindling, which is the name of the kids' radio station, have made a conscious decision not to take fast food advertising, for example, to forestall any of those complaints. So the sort of advertisers, and they're new advertisers to radio in Australia, by the way, are at Volvo, advertising themselves as a family car, ABC... Uh, Art and craft shops is a big chain of shops. Uh, things for parents like uh, uh, bookshops will advertise, Amazon will advertise kids' books. So they've made a conscious effort in Kindling to avoid any criticism of the ads they've got on there because they know that a fast food ad on a kids' radio station or even a Toys R Us ad, they haven't taken those sorts of ads either. Not that Toys R Us are going to be around for much longer, but um, they haven't taken those ads either. And that's been a very sensible thing to do because as soon as somebody steps over the line um, on that children's advertising front on radio, our regulator will step in and we'll have another code. So. Okay, last question? No? No one. Cool. Thank you so much, Joan. A fantastic presentation. We really appreciate it.